Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You ever seen a ghost? Been abducted? Heard your name whispered from the other room when you're all alone? No, you say? Me either. But if you're like me, you're still fascinated by the paranormal. It seems everyone else has had an experience, and you want to believe it all. So why doesn't it happen to us? What does it all mean? How does it work? Is any of it real? Welcome to Paranorm Girl, a show that will attempt to answer these questions by taking the paranormal completely apart in search of proof. I'm not a blind believer, nor a hardened skeptic. I'm just looking for answers and willing to accept what I find. Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl podcast. I am your host, Kristen. Before we begin the show, I wanted to take a moment to give some love and gratitude to a podcast out there that I've been following for some time. I thought in light of my guest today, this would be a perfect opportunity to spotlight a peer of ours. Jordan Klein is the host over at Fireside Paranormal Podcast. If you are not already listening to this show, I highly recommend adding it to your subscriptions. Not only are his interviews always fascinating, he is an experienced and gracious host with tons of knowledge on the subject of the paranormal, and in my personal experience, is always down to have a conversation with his listeners and provide support in any way he can to this community. He is a professional at what he does and just a good human being behind the mic. But don't take my word for it. Go check out Fireside Paranormal Podcast wherever you listen to your shows. You can follow Fireside on all of the social medias, but I encourage you to connect with him in the Fireside Paranormal Hub on Facebook, a community of like-minded para-enthusiasts and experts, and a really great source of information and camaraderie. So, support the shows that you love, go connect with him, and listen to Fireside Paranormal Podcast. You will be glad you did. And now, to the show at hand. I suppose you tuned in for yet another fabulous conversation on the paranormal. Good, because that's exactly what's about to happen. This time, I got to sit down with my bud, Mike, who runs a show called Extreme Paranormal. And we get into quite a few topics in this one. This was a fun conversation to have, and I cannot thank him enough for taking the time to have a chat with me. And heads up, he shares some experiences that you'll want to hang around for near the end. Please enjoy this conversation with my podcasting peer and friend, Michael from Extreme Paranormal. My guest is a paranormal podcaster who has served in the military and says those were the best years of his life. He's had multiple experiences with the paranormal and has created his podcast to share with others. And from what I have seen and listened to so far, he is a massive educator and just wants the truth out there. His hope is that people will start talking about the subject and come to the consensus that those of us in the paranormal field aren't all just crazy 
crazy people. And he adds that he enjoys the paranormal podcasting field because he gets to do the research and actually learns about this field. He feels it's a positive subject and something we can all learn from and therefore teach. Please welcome my special guest, fellow paranormal podcaster Michael from the Extreme Paranormal Podcast. Hey, Kristen, how you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm doing all right, Mike. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to actually get to get to talk with you. I'm excited to talk with you as well. This yeah. is great. <laughs> well, you're you're not just uh, you're not just as much of a geek as I am about the paranormal. Um, you are my fellow podcaster, and and I don't know about you, but I, I don't seem to get a lot of opportunity to just like talk shop with my peers. So so I don't know. I think this should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, all right. Well, on that note, um, let's talk a bit about your show and introduce it a little to my listeners. So. You host the Extreme Paranormal Podcast. So boil it down for my listeners. What is your show about? Um, basically, I try and, I guess for lack of better terms, I want to do more of the, you know, student-teacher aspect. And the teacher becomes the student again. Um, mixed in with like a bit of a Fox Mulder kick to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the X-Files. <laughs> you okay. know, it's, I, I pick like haunted locations or haunted places, people, and because experiences that I've had, it's, I've learned from them, but I can also learn from other people's experience and I can, you know, do my podcast and talk about that and hopefully educate others on that. Right, right. Yeah, because I, I, I noticed that you do primarily focus on hauntings with, you know, a few special topics sprinkled throughout. It, uh, how, how do you go about deciding those topics for each episode? Is it, is it just primarily based on what, you know, your own experiences? Do you like to try to learn new things? I think it comes down to experiences that I've had and, you know, the history aspect of it because we're not going to be in school or even in college and learn about these places. It's, you know, if it was like, Oh, I love the paranormal, but I don't like history. They go hand in hand. So it's, you're always learning and the research of it. It's like, Oh, that happened. Um, you know, I think it was the Boleskine house episode. Like, I didn't realize there was so much history just on that property before the house was actually built. Right, right. Uh, it's it's the the historical aspect to these cases and you're right it does go hand in hand with the paranormal but it is always so mind-blowing how much history and and how these these historical facts behind these stories like it it has to go with it you know it has to go hand in hand and that's part of the the fun of it too learning that aspect to it it gives it so much more color and depth you know it's not just haunting these were these were people you know these were lives these were you know this whole family history yeah you you really get to delve in and learn you know, the family history and the history of the property and like, you know, especially Europe, you know, it's, I mean, I live in a house that I looked at, um, it was, it's 105 years old. 
if you go to Europe and say my house is 105 years old, well, that's a baby. Oh, yeah. They'll laugh you out the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what was what was your main inspiration for starting the show? It was, you know, the experiences that I've had. Um, and I actually got into listening to podcasts about 10, 12 years ago. And it's like, you know what? I'm really interested in this. And back in the day, you know, like late high school and right out of high school, I actually did some investigating. You know, this is like pre-podcast. And then I think it was right, right the early 2000s is when everything on TV kind of hit and became mainstream. It's like, you know, maybe I'm not the only crazy person out there. Yeah. <laughs> and now the podcasting world is so big and it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, this is just like one giant community. Oh, I, yeah, I, I feel that way, too. I mean, especially especially more so within our paranormal podcasting community, but the podcasting community as a whole, there is this community aspect to it that I just love. Um, have you so so you had never done a podcast before this one and, and you'd never been in radio before? No. And the funny thing is, it's even as a kid and growing up, it's like, Yep, I want to work in radio. I want to do. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, life took a funny turn, and I ended up not doing that when I wanted to. But now I'm doing it now. So, well, I was I was singing uh, your your voices praises uh, at the end of the last episode. So uh, you certainly got the voice for it. Well, I'm um, I'm curious just because I have run into some things before that I was not prepared for starting a podcast. What has been the toughest aspect of this entire process for you? Um, I'm still learning. So I think it was, you know, how do I do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah, figuring it out. And I got out. into it was like, okay, how do I do this? Well, there's Google and YouTube, you know? And then it was, how do I pick my topic? How am I going to make my podcast stand out from you know, a thousand other paranormal podcasts. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that's where I kind of take the, the historical research portion and the student teacher becoming the student again aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and all right. So what do you like best about being a paranormal podcaster? It actually gives me a way to... In a, in a way, talk to other people within the paranormal community. Mm. Um, I get to do the research and learn new things. And, you know, if I have a bad day at work, I can just dive right in and be like, hmm, I'm going to forget about work now. What's going on with, with the case that I'm working on now for my next episode? So it's, it's almost like an, it's an escape from reality to a point. Yeah, yeah. I, I I find myself becoming obsessed about uh, the, you know, different subjects that I'm learning about. So maybe it's something that I've never learned about. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna dive down this rabbit hole or, you know, obsessed about, you know, the show or marketing this week or whatever the, the case may be. But yeah, it really does. Um, it is a good escape. It really is. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so you have told me um, about some uh, that you've had paranormal experiences since childhood. Uh, what are some of the earliest memories of that that you have? Oh, um, seeing shadow figures. 
Ooh, okay. Not knowing what they were. Um, and that just got me curious to like, what is that? Like, <laughs> okay. Where, where, so those, that was like the first thing that, that you remember ever experiencing yeah. was the shadow figures. That is terrifying. You know, and as a small kid, it really was like, yeah. and I think as, as time got older, I'm like, you know, time goes by, I get older. I'm like, is that a shadow figure or is that, how can I explain that? And to this day, I still can't explain these things. It sucks because you do start to question it, you know, as time goes by. Well, at the time, did you did you talk to your family about it? Like, were they supportive of this type of experience? I did. Um, my adopted mom, she was just like, you know what? Go talk to your grandma. Go talk to your aunt. Okay. So I would, you know, talk to those two, and they were actually very supportive of it. Did they have, was that something that kind of happened in your family, like they had had experiences too, or they were just a little bit more open-minded and, and relaxed about the concept? Um, my grandma was very open-minded about it, mm -hmm. and then my aunt, which was her sister, um, I didn't really, I knew her, but she died when I was kind of young, so I didn't really get to know a whole lot of her. But apparently, you know, in the 60s and 70s, um, she had uh, the Ouija board, the tarot cards, and doing seances and everything. And that was like her entire world up until around like the early 80s. So she's like, oh, yeah, that's normal. You know, don't worry about it. And she was very open about talking about it. That's interesting that you, you had that side of your family and your upbringing because, as I understand it, um, you grew up Catholic. Correct. I Okay, so I, I've heard, I, I am not religious. I, I was not brought up that way. So I apologize ahead of time. I don't want to say anything that's rude or anything. So just, you know, slap my oh, hand. Oh, no, there's no worries. <laughs> okay, so I have heard a couple of different versions of the Catholic upbringing. On the one hand, you've got you've got a, a really loving, supportive family. Um, you know, you're you're free to say, do, explore, whatever you want. It's a very relaxed version, and that is compared to this other strict, stringent, hardcore, uh, militant type Catholic upbringing. So, what was your experience like, and do you think it has had any bearing on uh, the way that you view the paranormal now? Mine was more relaxed. Okay. Um, I didn't have the real strict, you know, oh, we go to mass every Sunday and we do this. We yeah. do this. Like, yeah. It was very relaxed. And then me being Catholic, you know, and anybody else in the Christian faith, you know, they're going to view the paranormal as a bad thing. Mm. Like, why? It's, it kind of goes hand in hand, you know. I mean, not not being preachy, but if you've got, you know— it says it right in the title, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, there you go. That's paranormal. So it's kind of like they're, it's they're preaching it, but they don't want to preach it. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I guess I that kind of leads me into, so, uh, you know, like demons and possession are uh, the topic for this season on my show. Um, so possession and exorcism, they, they've been a pretty familiar aspect in relation to Catholicism, you know, throughout the centuries. You Were you taught about that subject growing up? Um, no, 
I actually wasn't. That part was actually kept kind of under wraps for the most part. And then I think it was probably early teenage years, I saw The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. And that's when the questions started coming out like, is this real or is this just a movie? And that's when that topic came up and it's, you know, yes, the Catholic Church actually does do this. So I wasn't introduced to it. Until the movie. I got you. I got you. And in previous conversations that we have had, you did mention something, you know, about being a little bit more of a skeptical, uh, you know, slant to the idea of demonic possession. And you asked some really good questions, too, like why aren't, you know, more people who are involved in the dark arts or like the occult, you know, ever finding themselves possessed? And why does it only ever seem to be people who are either devoutly religious or, you know, at least have some kind of psychological disorder. Those are really good questions and can really make or break it for people like us. So um, it's good that you're asking those questions, but uh, (laughs) not surprising that you ended up a little bit more on the skeptical side. Well, okay, what about demons? If you're, you're skeptical on the possession, but what about demons in themselves as an entity? What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts on demons are, you know, it's like the yin and yang. It's if you have the good, you have to have the the bad, right? So if you have angels, obviously there has to be demons, but not every ghost is, is a demon. You know, like if you're an investigator, we've seen the shows, you know, you don't provoke something in their own home and then, you know, oh, touch me, push me, scratch me. Well, they do, and then it's, oh, well, that's a demonic possession. No, that's just an irritated ghost. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're not there to be, you know, a circus act, you know, and that's the way I feel about it. It's it's more of, yes, demons exist, but if you get scratched by a ghost, well, what did you do to provoke it? It's more like, why would you go irritate a dog and then ask why the dog bit you. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So you think um, that it's not just, you know, an entity or like like a dark entity, like a demon that can physically manipulate the physical world. It's it, it's also just like regular spirits too, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I, I don't see why not. Um, you know, I am of, of the mind or the belief that, you know, every, of course, everything is energy and they're manipulating energy. And if, you know, they can unscrew light bulbs and rattle door handles, then I, I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is uh, kind of fun, but um, I have not had a guest on the show yet that has had any interest in the Mandela effect, quite like I do. So... I am curious, what roped you into this topic? You know, it's your your show on that, you know, your season on that. Oh, really? Then, That's awesome. Yeah. And that really got me thinking. It's like, huh. And then it was, I was at work and there was, oh, what are they doing? The Ohio Lottery or something. And it's, they got the Monopoly man. And I looked at the guy that I work with. I'm like, well, where's his monocle? And he's like. He's never had one. Uh, Yes, he has. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, just little things like that. Like, it's really got me 
thinking. You know, it's like, no, I'm trying to do more research on that because of your show. Oh, that's so wonderful. See the the domino effect you can have just by, you know, having a having a mic and a platform. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can make a change. It's such a fascinating topic. I'm such a nerd about it. And nobody ever wants to talk about it. Um, okay, well, what what is your favorite out there theory of what causes it? You know, that's, that's going to be a good question because, you know, is it something like you can take the movie, the matrix, you know, do we take the blue pill or the red pill, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, do we live in an alternate universe? Is there, you know, two different universes that we're seeing things in, you know, and then you're going to get into all the whole physics and black holes and astronomy thing. And right. I guess right. it'd be a whole lot of math that I'm not good at. So, <laughs> <laughs> nobody is nobody aside from the physicists or the the quantum theorists are are good at this stuff. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough to understand. Uh, okay, well, how often do you think the uh, the Mandela effects are actually the result of like a bad memory or you know making simple mistakes? You know, I could say that would be about a fifty fifty on that one. Oh, like... okay, okay, right down the middle. Yeah, like you can see something and you're going to remember it one way, but then, you know, the reality of it is this is what it really is. Or, you know, it's just a bad memory. It could be, you know, it could be anything. Well, I, you know, I like that. I, I think I err more on, more towards that, I guess. I guess that's how I, I, I consider it. I, I guess I haven't really thought about you know how how to divide it up you know what what all is uh is is making up the bad memory part of it the memory mistakes part of it and what is actually being caused by these all these theories you know um yeah it's 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 a big old subject and it gets real twisty real fast um it really does (laughs) (laughs) okay so what is your favorite effect i think it would probably have to be if i get the year wrong on it You'll have to correct me on that. But it was the Space Shuttle Challenger. I think it was 85 or 86. Okay. I, actually, I'm, I'm not sure because I, I did not cover that effect. I, re- I remember that being one and, and coming across it was, in my research, but I don't remember. Because I remember watching TV mm. and the tragedy happened with that. Well, then I think it was maybe six months or a year later that it actually did happen. And it's like, but this already happened. <laughs> People are like, what are you talking about? This, like, no, this already happened. Like they're having two of these. Like how did that, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, were you um, aware of something weird going on when back when, you know, Nelson Mandela, supposedly that all happened? I thought he had already died in prison. Okay, okay, all right. So you so you've been like, Mandela'd. <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh, he's a lot. No, he died in prison. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some weird ones. Oh, that just just send me down into a, a dark tailspin. Now you and I share another interest, and that is the near death experience. Now this is a big old topic, and 
absolutely one of my favorites to discuss and theorize and think about. And of course, I'm not alone in that. A lot of people want to know what happens after we die. A lot of people want to be reassured that they don't just disappear into some great void. And there is a lot of research coming out right now in support of survival of consciousness, but I don't think there is anything more reassuring than the firsthand experience. As I understand it, Mike, you have had an NDE. Would you be open to sharing what happened? Oh, absolutely. Actually, I've had two. Um, the first one was I was at home and, you know, it was, you know, July in Phoenix. So it's ungodly hot. Mm-hmm. And my sister was out with her friend and they were just having a girls night. And, you know, next thing I know is she comes home and I'm laying on the couch and I couldn't breathe and my chest was killing me. So she calls 911. And next thing I know, I'm standing in the room looking at her crying and looking at the EMTs working on me. And I, I was just there. And then I come to and I'm in the hospital. And they're like, oh, we got you back. Got me back. Where did I go? Wow. I never left my apartment. Wow. Yeah. It did. Did they tell you that that you had uh, lost heartbeat or? Um, yes. No. Wow. Um, they said I had a heart attack and I was clinically dead for about two and a half minutes. Oh, wow. Wow. But you distinctly remember being consciously outside of your body, looking at your body, watching your sister standing in that room. Yep, everything. And I remember watching them use the paddles on my chest. I remember, and it looks just like it does in, in a movie or a TV. And that was the first one. And then the second one was uh, I was in the hospital and I ended up going to the ICU and I remember clear as day, I was watching the History Channel, and I remember being really intrigued by that show uh, Forged in Fire, where they make swords and knives and everything. And so I thought I just, you know, went to sleep, dozed off and just went to sleep. I wake up, and I'm in, like, the greenest grass. I mean, it just smelled amazing. Like, the trees were just it, – it was perfection. Like there, there was a creek and I mean, you could smell the water, how clean it was. I went and actually drank the water. It was perfect. It's better than any bottled water you could ever get. Now, I don't know if this is the Catholic side of me or this just happened. I don't know. All I saw was a giant person and he said, it's not your time. Time for what? Like, what's going on? And he said, it's not your time. You have to go back. I said, go back to what? Like, this is perfection. Like, this is, you know, if I had to pick a heaven, this is what it would be. And I just said, it's not your time. You have to go back. And he turned around and walked away. Everything just went black. And I felt like I, like a falling dream is the best way to describe it. It's, it felt like I hit something like really hard. And then I opened my eyes, and there's every doctor and nurse, I think, they had in the ICU. They're like, oh, welcome back. Where did I go? They're like, 
oh, well, we had to work on you, and you're back. So between the two times, it was a total of five minutes and 10 seconds. I've been clinically dead. Now, this the, the second experience, you, you had been awake, like conscious. You said you were, you were watching a, a show on television yeah. when, when this happened. So, so you kind of just went right into it, not really realizing that something was strange or different or. No, had no idea. What did, uh, what did the figure look like? I would say it was about seven feet tall, easily seven feet and very gentle, but very firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, all it said was, it's not your time. You have to go back. Did it have any distinct features? Did it feel m- masculine, feminine? It was definitely masculine. I had uh, a friend of mine actually said that it was probably an archangel. And I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, like, I believe in them, but I've never met one before. If that was... If that was an archangel, then I met one. If it wasn't, then I didn't. Like, I'm going to remain open on, it was a messenger of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've read uh, so many near-death experience stories, and, and you know, a lot of them do follow um, a, a sort of formula, uh, but most of them they they've they've all got some kind of unique aspect to them you know so and and I, I don't know exactly what i what i think about it yet like if if it is coming down to you know a person's belief system and then that's ultimately how their experience is going to be flavored because that's more comfortable for them and that's what they're expecting to see um because obviously it's not the same for everyone so, yeah, if I don't know, very well could have been, you know, some kind of angelic being for you or, you know, a spirit guide of some sort, somebody. It was something. I'm, I'm going to remain open on what it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very cool. And it, it, it put you at ease about the, the whole process? It did. Um, I was a little bit kind of grumpy when... You know, when I was there, it's just like, because I've got, you know, some issues going on. Um, I actually have two fractured vertebrae in my back, <laughs> but, you know, there was no pain. It was just like, it was just almost like pure happiness. And you do come back like a different person. Like, you appreciate the small things in life. Is that the biggest difference that that you noticed coming out of your experience was that that ability to appreciate? Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, oh, you know, me and sister are going to go get some dinner and it's not a big deal. But after that, it becomes a big deal. It's like doing this interview with you. This is a huge deal because of that. You know, it's you don't take little things for granted anymore. <laughs> oh we could all use a little bit of that well that is uh really really incredible thank you mike so much for sharing um so real quick uh what do you have coming up next what what is next for your show what's next for you any milestones you're aiming to hit this year 
Um, well, I, um, I just started research on a new episode for my next one coming out. I definitely want to get into some traveling this year mm-hmm. now that we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely want to get back into investigating again. And that way I can, you know, post some pictures, um, talk about the location on the podcast. This is what I found here. You know, definitely grow, you know, my audience more and just continue to learn. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a good uh, plan for the year. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, Well, fantastic. Um, Where can my listeners catch the Extreme Paranormal Podcast and where would you like them to find and follow you? Um, They can catch Extreme Paranormal um, on Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcast. And then if they want to follow me, if they're on Instagram, it's Extreme 13 Paranormal. Um, if they're on Twitter, it's at Extreme 13 Podcast. And then if they want to email, it's Extreme 13 Podcast at Gmail. And I actually just started my blog. Um, so I'll be posting on there about once a week, sometimes more. Oh, wonderful. It's just um, Extreme13Podcast.blogspot.com. Wonderful. Very cool. Okay. Well, folks, you heard him. Go follow Mike over at his socials. Uh, shoot him an email, send him some stories, send him your stories. Just, just uh, you know, reach out and say hi to him. Uh, read his blog. I shall include all of that info in the show notes uh, for oh, easy okay. access. You. And uh, you know what? Go check out his show, Extreme Paranormal. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. It was really great talking with you. Oh, it's been great talking with you. And thank you for having me. That's going to be a wrap for today. Please go support Mike over on his show. Subscribe, follow, rate, all that. Us baby pods, we need to know we're being heard out there. Speaking of which, rate and review the show. You know how that just makes my day. Follow the show over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at ParanormGirlPod or email the show at ParanormGirlPod at gmail.com. Tune in next week. I'm going to finally deliver on my promise to my full-on skeptics listening and talk about why it is not always a demon. Kevin. Kevin is my go-to milquetoast name. Just realized that. Don't know why. Apologies to any Kevins listening. Oh, but you want to know why else you should tune in? Because it's my birthday. Aries, baby. Woohoo! Um... I'm thinking about going live and uh, spending some time with y'all. I don't know. Got some ideas swirling. Maybe we could have a birthday beer together. Would that be fun? Would y'all want to join me for like 20 minutes, 40 minutes? How the hell long are live supposed to be? I I don't even know. So many details to plan out. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. I'll announce on next week's show what I'm going to end up doing. How about that? So you will have to tune in that morning to see what we do in that night. Brilliant. Meh. All for now. Until next time, stay safe, keep the nightlight on, and sleep with one eye open. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.